All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the... Oh, my God. Oh, God. <coughs> what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the... What the fuck is in my throat? God damn it. What just happened? Jeez. I could... I think we should keep that. I don't think we should edit that out. That was real. But what? Maybe I'm the idiot for eating a large bowl of air-popped popcorn before I go on the mic... Welcome to the show. I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. That was disconcerting and jarring. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry if that if I if we didn't ease into this properly. But I, I think you felt the emotions of that. I clearly uh, almost was in trouble there, and I'm not. I lived through whatever was in my throat. Uh, there there was a small victory in whatever happened at the beginning of this episode, and. And that, and that's the way we want to go out of the of this year and into the new year. We, we want to, I, you know, beating death uh, again. All right, it was maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe I'm over, I'm overplaying it a little bit. What is going on? Are you having a good holiday today? Is Jason Nash day here on the show? Jason Nash, the comedian and actor and writer. Jason Nash, whose movie. Jason Nash is married is available on iTunes and Amazon. Jason Nash I've known for years and not not a great uh, relationship on my side. Not something has always irked me a little about him. I've always felt that he was aggressive and uh hostile. So going into this interview that's what I uh, felt and assumed even though he brought gifts, brought juice, brought stuff uh, it was a it was a contentious and in engaging interview that really was hands on. It was old style, old style WTF stuff. Before I do anything else, before I say anything really of any worth, if you consider what I say worthy or worthwhile. Season two of my show Marin is on Netflix now. As of yesterday, it went up. So if you didn't see it because you don't have IFC. You now can watch season two of Marin on Netflix. It's a great season. A lot of great featured performers. CM Punk, Hardwick, Michael Ian Black, Caroline Ray, Sarah Silverman, Joey Diaz, Bill Burr, Paul Feig, Nate Bargetzi's in there, uh, Sally Kellerman, uh, Judd Hirsch, Josh Brenner. Everyone's back with some very funny people to uh, help it along. Marin season two on Netflix now. All right, now what? Where where are we? Alive? I'm having a hard time today, man. I'm having a hard time finding the will to talk, the will to do. Sometimes it just gets sucked out of you. Sometimes you wake up, and something has come in the night, and just sucked your will out of your face, right up through your orifices, out your ears and nose and mouth, and fed on it. The will suckers, they're out there. They're invisible. They come in at night. They uh they usually travel with uh, other night creatures. Will suckers are small apparitions that are known to ride the backs of possums into the night under your house. Be wary of the will suckers. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes it's not depression. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with a goddamn ghost coming in and feeding on your chi while you sleep. All right? Call me superstitious. Call me whatever you want. I've had some weird thoughts about this shit lately, people. I've had some weird thoughts about God. I've had some weird thoughts about technology. 
one of the things that's always annoyed me about about people's belief in God is is when they pray or they pray for mundane things like a parking space where they work or perhaps uh, for a certain thing to be on the menu where they enjoy eating uh, for, uh, you know, for for mundane, petty conveniences. My thought is, is that do you really believe that God, if there be such a, a thing, has time for that shit? You think that God has time for everybody's, you know, little sort of like, oh, I got to make sure she gets a, a parking space or at least try. I always had a problem with that, with the idea that God is going to waste his time when there's, you know, bigger issues at stake. Most of them man-made. Most of them, most of the problems we're experiencing in the world are direct results of human beings being fucking idiots of one kind or another. Murderous fucking idiots. Racist fucking idiots. Non-caring fucking idiots. Capitalistic fucking idiots. Uh, just, you know, fucking idiots. Humankind is filled with fucking idiots. Doesn't God have to address that stuff first? But I always had this issue with the mathematics of it. How can God make time for your bullshit when idiots are ruining the fucking world? And I started, and then I got an email, or not an email, I was online, and something was suggested at me based on something that I looked at online some other time. The the mining of information, personal information that is then used to uh, m- to exploit your desires and perhaps provoke you to buy some shit. And that happens to everybody who is online, which is most people. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus Christ, if they can fig- figure out technologically how to do that, you can tell me that God can't manage a parking space for, for me if I ask him for one, maybe on a given day. You know, if mankind can pull it off and uh, and service all of our little desires through uh, through programming in order to get us to buy things or service our desires by paying for things, then we have to assume that if there is a God that, yeah, I guess he can look into the menu at the place you like to eat or perhaps uh, find you a parking space. I'm going to go ahead and make a concession here and say that if God has time or if he's paying attention in a full-hearted way, he might be able to help you out with the little things. And the only the only reason I'm doing I'm saying that is because technologically we seem to be able to fucking you know get up in people's shit in a very intimate way with fairly limited information. So if technology is either surpassing God or at least on the same playing field, if you believe in that kind of stuff. You got to believe in technology because that is a given and it will fuck you. And if you believe in God, then that is also a given and he will fuck you. She, it, the thing doesn't end well for anybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, The writing for Marin is coming along. I'm writing my script. We all have our scripts to write. Do you know how television writing works? Let me give it. I'll give you a breakdown. This is how it works, because we everybody writes. We sit around in the initial phases. I come up with a bunch of stories. Then I sit around with the guys: me, Dave Anthony, Sievert, Glarum, Michael Jamin, uh, Sean Russell, Jerry Stahl, Dave Anthony. We all sit in a room, 
and uh, I come up with a bunch of stories. They come up with some stories. We uh, mash the stories together. We decide what the stories are. Then we we parse them out, and then we break them down into a three-act structure as a story, and then we write a one-pager, and that's sort of the pitch of the story, and then someone gets assigned the script, and that person goes off and writes an outline. Then we all go over the outline, and then th- that person goes and writes a script. Then we all go over the script page for page, for page and, and make it funnier or, or, uh, or fix it or, or do things to it or, or, or flesh it out or whatever needs to be done. Then we send it off to the, to the production company. We send it off to the network. We send it off to the studio. Everybody gets their copy. Everybody gets notes, and he's, each of the sets of notes come back. We put the screen back up on the lift and get under it and start retooling and figuring out how we can uh, be diplomatic and honor notes. So these things go through a collective rewrite and they go through a you know series of notes processes, but everything's coming along fine. I have to write the script that I've been assigned this season and I, I will do anything but write. When I have to write, my house gets very clean. I make air pop popcorn. I cook squash. I do things. I clean out holes in the ground. But it's a tr- it's a tricky episode that involves my ex-wife, so maybe it's emotional, maybe not. Maybe it's just my process. Maybe I got to wait till the last minute. Maybe I got to just hate myself to I want to crawl out of my fucking skin before I do any creative work. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Okay. Jason Nash now. Jason Nash. Strap in. Don't strap on. Strap in. Let's talk to Jason Nash. I don't attach happiness to success, you know? I don't really care about that at this point in my life. <laughs> at this point in your life? Yeah. It's all been beaten out of you. Yeah, I don't give a shit. It, it means nothing to me. I, look, and this podcast uh, means nothing to me. You know, if you... if you, Being here means nothing to me. You could like, kick me out now. See, this is the general thing that I know about you, Jason. Tell me. Is that, that, you know, you say these things that should have a, a sense of peace at the core of them, but yet yeah. it does not... No, I am. I, I really... I, I've gotten to that point where I realized it's all not important and... There's nothing that someone can do to me that's going to make me happier or less happy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, so it's, it's an inside job, as they say. Have you heard that expression? You mean... Um, You're not going to get happiness from external... You mean like 9-11? Yes. There's a conspiracy that's taken you down from the inside... <laughs> and it's uh that Rumsfeld had a part no just your parents usually yeah it starts there yeah but I've uh I've known you for a long time I, I remember when you started coming around I remember you were sweaty your hair was longer this is was very hostile by the way since the what? minute I walked in I know hostile I'm always a little hostile with you no, bit. not at all. Always been not- are you hostile with all the guests no 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 Henry a- Rollins not hostile with no. Wanda Sykes, not hostile. No. But there was a, 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 a shitload of hostility when I walked in. It started with, I'll tell the audience, hey, let's get to you, you annoying fuck. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. Right. Okay. And yeah. I, I brought juice. I brought a gift. Yeah. And even then, it was like you had it planned. Hmm. Thank you for the juice. Is this, yeah, go ahead. We can start over. 
I don't know. I, I think this is the best part. No, I brought some. I have my own baggage. You, you know, uh, baggage I, towards me. No, not much. No. Okay, no, I didn't think you had any. Oh. I mean, I don't know why you would have any. Um, there's no, there's not a problem between us. I don't, I don't find that there's a problem between us. Not you until know, about I, five minutes ago. No, no the, not even that. That's just, I'm just being cranky, Mark. You're not unfamiliar with that. You know, you know what I'm capable of. You know my my persona. You know me, kind of. You know that I I can be a little a little irascible at times. I really do know that. And when people would talk about you and say, "Oh, he's so gruff. He's so irascible," I would say, "No, no he's doing a bit." Yeah, he's doing a bit. He's a comedian, and, and, and you could see at your root that you have a lot of humanity. Right, right. So I was just doing a bit, kind of. Yeah, doing... but I guess it was the annoying when you called me annoying fuck. That made me think, oh, I did something <laughs> to piss him off, as it's the first line. Mm. But maybe it's all a um... just busting balls. Can I do that? I mean, can I assume that that intimacy with you since I've known you since you were a child? It feels like you're right. You can. I I thought maybe you could absorb it. I remember the first thing you ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Uh, we were at Luna Lounge. Mm-hmm. And you go, uh, you go, I just got off stage. You go, there he is, the Lower East Side sensation. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember. like all angry. Remember that, when that you I had something, Yeah, I had something go well for myself. <laughs> so- you were so mad that someone else had a, a nice set. See, so why were you surprised at annoying fuck? Because I, mean, I, I thought I thought you had because I I thought you'd totally grown. I have grown. I know. I know you have. I listened to the show. But you know, it's like you and I are locked in in whatever happened there. That was the last time we exchanged words. Maybe a couple not, no, no, a couple of times backstage where you. you were worked up. Well, see, maybe I have a hard time. You except, had me on your show uh, at a live show, right? Maybe I have remember. a hard time. You don't remember? I do. I do. You were yelling. About, uh, yeah, I, did, I did good, actually. I have no recollection. I did very good. I have no recollection. I prepared a joke or two about you, and then it did went well. I, I have no recollection of any of that happening for you. Hmm. But um, I think that one one of the I, I can discuss my exact issues with you. I guess if you you know if you want to do that. Yeah, of course. Sometimes uh, from the very beginning, I think years ago you used to do a preacher character, didn't you? Yeah. I remember that. Like a lot. You used to do it a lot. It was almost like it was a character that you were locking into, right? Like you were like that guy for a while. Yeah. Right? It was like you were this, it was like that was yep. when you were a Lower East Side sensation. You did that preacher guy and it was like all you did. I did other things, but that was the thing that people seemed to like. Right. And so you, you sort of became that character for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I liked it okay. I think my initial reaction was like, oh, it's a preacher character. Yep. I, I know. I know. Yeah. I had my problems with it too. What were your problems with it? It was a preacher character. <laughs> 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 but, I, you know, you do, you try to figure stuff out. Uh-huh. I was like working at Saturday Night Live as a, you know, as an assistant. And you're like, I want to do comedy. I don't know how. I couldn't go up there and be myself. I was afraid to be myself. And that innately bothers me. I then would have bothered me more then. I I worked on it a lot and dropped all the characters. You mean it would bother me that you bother you then or bother me? Yeah, now? I'm just trying to track it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know there, I mean, I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't go up there and be me. In fact, I remember the first time I was, I sat. I did like 20 minutes just telling people about myself, and it wasn't necessarily necessarily that funny. There were yeah. some funny parts, right? And I remember the next morning, I was like, Oh God. 
best thing that I have ever done. Good feeling. And we had the uh, space and the time that was afforded us on the Lower East Side to do that type of work. This was in LA. Right? Oh, it Just took me that long? It took me that long, yeah. And then the, the preacher thing I realized was like pretty hacky. And yeah, that would be the other problem I had with and, it. But there were moments with it that were glorious. Yeah. Closing Stella mm-hmm. and people loving it. Mm-hmm. So and, you got that feeling like, yeah. you know, like this. Yeah. I got that feeling like. God loves me. Yeah. Or, or to be able to go up there and ignite them with something. Sure. Sure. I, I certainly couldn't go up there and ignite them the way Bill Burr ignites a crowd or you watch someone kill, mm-hmm. you know? I couldn't do that, but I could go up there. Why couldn't you do that? Because I wasn't a skilled stand-up. I was a character. It was a character that was yelling and it had music behind it. So the music behind it combined with the, 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 the yelling created like a, 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 an awesome combustible thing. But you wanted to be a comic. I wanted to be funny, yeah. But and then wanted... sometimes it wouldn't work. Yeah. Then I remember it was killing in New York, and yeah. then Stella brought me out to do an L.A. show. Yeah. And it bombed. Oh. Bad feeling. The worst. Yeah. And then I tried to... But wait, let's go back. Where the hell did you come from? Because I remember you you were there sort of, I don't, not exactly at the beginning of Luna, and uh, but you, you all of a sudden were around the Lower East Side. Everyone liked you, kind of. <laughs> and you you know you did the yelling preacher guy but where'd you come from where'd you grow up i grew up in boston you did in, in the suburbs yeah which suburb uh medfield really yeah N- yeah nita medfield my uh-huh. dad lives in nawood uh my mom's in natick oh really right my in sister's natick. in acton oh really everyone's over there yeah then i went to umass amherst and no my, shit in my senior year when'd you graduate college 95 okay so what are you like 45 41 Okay. Well, I don't know where your math is, but I think before. you're reading into a lot of this. I think we're, you know, I was just trying to set a tone and we're backing up from it, but is there some part of you that wants to hold on to it? That's what's interesting is there's some part of you that wants to hold on to it. And that yeah, thing I, I said to you at Luna, you've held on to that a long time. I can feel that. No, that's not true. I've, I've been listening to your show and you've, you do a podcast too, right? No, I don't do it anymore. Really? What happened? It's too hard. Too hard. Yeah. To talk on the mic like that? To, to technically like get it out and stuff, it was just too hard for me. I couldn't do both. So you went to UMass Amherst. You, grew, you majored in what? Communications. Meaningless. Yep. Okay. You have siblings? <laughs> yeah, I have an older sister. She's uh, awesome. She's she does, like, a very she, peaceful person. Is that her job? No, no she works in computers. She's just no. got like a nice life going for herself. Kids? And, uh, no, no kids. Well, she has a stepson. She's gay. She's married. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a stepson. Oh, and she's like she's she was the real funny one growing up. Yeah, what were you? T- kind of serious? No, I was fat. You the, f- the only Jew in my town. Really? Yeah, awful. You- I had a bunch of kids. I had like friends in school, but they ter- they like terrorized me. They would like like write like Jew on my car. You might have one of those personalities where that just sort of like you know you're, you're everything's right up front with you, and you just kind of want to yeah. take a shot, you know. Yeah. So the Jew thing was just a, a, a means of entry, a portal, <laughs> <laughs> a bully, a bully portal. <laughs> Were you bullied? I was um, not too much because I was sort of clever, I think, and and I and I have a bit of a bully in me. Yeah. So like I would. If there were bullies, I would somehow try to outsmart them, and uh-huh. and, and would you just start bullying somebody? 
No, but I, I think that like not unlike what happened with you when you walked in when I said, yeah. I got to deal with you, you, you annoying fuck. Yeah. I don't know if that's bullying. It's kind of up front, but yeah. it is uh, antagonistic and preemptively yeah. defensive. Sometimes my, my sense of bullying was like, how do I get the upper hand quickly and, yeah. and without causing too much trouble? You know, just sort of like... Did uh, that make you feel good that you had the upper hand quickly with me? No, you never... Oh, no. I, I, I had the upper hand before you got here. Okay. Are you coming to my house? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you mean? I mean... I, but, don't, feel, I don't feel like you have the upper hand that much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I, I'm glad that you've, you've taken whatever's happened in your childhood, and now you have boundaries, and you're protected. You're, you're, you're ready to go. Like, you know, like, this guy yeah. is not going to fuck with me. I I, th- I think that's great. Yeah, I expected. Uh, don't don't make me feel bad. Uh, just, I, I won't. I, I won't. What'd say you that expect? Then. I didn't. I didn't expect some sort of mental um, uh, Olympics here. Really? Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. Do you listen to the show? Yeah, I do. You seem to. You seem to really like fawn over everybody and really like everybody. I'm trying, Jason. I'm trying to fawn over you. I really am. I don't need you to. I'm happy to fucking go at it. I we're, love it. We're not going at it. Yeah, we sort of are. We're not. We, we were having a nice discussion about how you were bullied. I was about to ask you, and then you asked me if I, right. you know, if I was bullied, and I told you the truth about it. Yeah. And then, and then you, but, you know, you, and I said like about the upper hand. Then you said, uh, do, you, right. do, you, do you still like that? I'm like, and I made an example. And then you were like, do you think you have the upper hand here? And, and I made a joke. Right. And then you sort of took it seriously. Let's and go then, back and in. then, and then you were like, uh, I don't think you have the upper hand. See, like you said that you said like, I don't think I don't need the upper hand. I don't need it. But you said I that. Don't. Right, you said that defensively yeah. because I might have said something. Is this about the message I sent you? I, I about, did you listen to the bit I sent you? Or you didn't listen to it. The preacher bit? No, I sent you a bit. <laughs> is this about the bit I sent you? Probably not. Which I bit? I think it is. The bit where I was, remember I sent you that bit? What was it about? It was about. Refresh my memory. It was about not coming on the show, and then I was saying that I how I defend you and how I like you. Yeah. And, oh yeah, you, like it was an appeal. Yeah. Yeah. So you did get it, but yeah. you're pretending like you didn't. I just don't remember. I'm busy. Okay. You know, and, and now now it is ringing a bell. Yeah. And I, and I saw it like, wow, this guy really wants to come on the show. You of know? course I do. Yeah. I want to promote my movie. I know you do. I got several calls about the movie good insisting that i watch the movie good and yesterday i said i don't know if i'm gonna have time to watch that fucking movie if they want to move this thing up a few days yeah uh we can do that yeah and uh you're here i just got a message that said tomorrow be here i don't know anything about that that's right so you have people and you know and i gotta deal with your people uh-huh. Maybe that's is, is that is that you don't normally deal with people? No, I do normally deal with people, but the fact that they've like Are you con- mad that I have people? No, I have people, but I, but they maybe con- you don't think I'm on the level to have people. No, I think anyone Dow that takes his money. So the no, they kept pestering. They kept, they kept bothering you. Yeah, and you had no idea about it. No, and, I don't and, know. And, well, that just means your people are doing a good job for you, right? And so it was it was bothering you. It was annoying. It was like fuck this guy. So that was the annoying fuck. My people. Like, just, should have said that to my people. Say, you annoying fuck. Oh. Why don't you tell them? Nah. <laughs> I won't do that. I like what they're doing. I like them bothering you, fucking making you irascible, and making a good episode for this show. It's, 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 it's going pretty well. I think it's going really well. I watched a movie. Uh-huh. Because your people bothered me 
and Good. because I've known you a long time, and because I was like, all right, maybe he's done something finally. Yeah. Um, for his sake, I hope he's done something. As you said finally. to me, I've been waiting twenty years for you to do something. Did I say you, that? You said that to me. Yeah, when you said that to me once. When did I do that? What do you got, Parkinson's? What's going maybe on? Maybe a little. I'm fifty, and I'm busy. I have a lot of things going on. Some things become so, a blur. You're so busy, huh? I'm a little busy. Yeah, you like that? It's okay. It's a little overwhelming, you know, because like I never understood, you know, how people don't respond to emails and shit or like, you know, because I used to get mad about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, you, do, you literally don't have time to answer. I know exactly. It's not even a matter of time. You just yep. forget them. Yep. They just go by and yep. you're like, oh shit. You know what I mean? There's four emails and you can only get to one. Right. Yeah. And the that, one that takes re- up. Yeah, I know. I that know, just I know. requires immediate attention. I know. I know when I email people and people don't email me back, I don't take it personally. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. You know, I, I I will tell you that watching you do the podcast is just f- so inspiring. It really is because I knew you and I knew you were somebody that was way more talented than whatever was going on right, with you. Right. Because, you know, when you would go on, I'd fucking go in and watch you. Like, not a lot of people that'll go in and watch. Right, right. You know, Patrice O'Neill's on, I'll, I'll go. Right. Bill Burr, oh yeah, I'm going in. Yeah. And then you go on and then- and then to watch you sort of watch this blow up, you know, it gave, it really, it gave me hope, if I'm being totally honest. Mm-hmm. It gave me hope, like, oh, fuck, like, oh, this, fuck, you know, it could happen. Well, happened for him late. Right. I don't know if it's late. It happens when it happens. Remember, let's get back to spiritual you from the beginning. That, you know, it's going to happen when it happens. And that, that you know, the, the idea that something happening late or, or not happening on, on time or, or, or not happening at all you know, are all, you know, horrendous fears. And eventually you you surrender all of those fears mm-hmm. and maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's just like, I, I'm, I'm not that zen about it, but I can't. It happened when it happened because I was ready for it to happen. I don't know that I was ready for it to happen before. I don't know if I could have handled it. I'd had other opportunities. Yeah. This didn't go anywhere. Who knows why? At the time you're like, those fuckers, they, you know, why aren't they giving me a chance? And then when you really look back at stuff, it's like, what would I have done with that opportunity? I don't know. Well, you never brought you to what you were doing. No, I never was whole enough. Yep. I brought some version of me. Yep. I think you have that issue as well. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible. And the thing, I think that what what got me sort of um, weirded out about you is like you're one of these guys that, you know, you tried a lot of things. You did a lot of characters. There was this sort of, uh, there was a lot of attempts at ridiculousness and absurdity and, you know, you know, characters and, and that kind of stuff. And I and I always saw you. I always thought that you were incredibly aggravated under all that. I mean, I know you're a nice guy and you're a pleasant yeah. guy here, but you know, you you're you're kind of raw emotionally, and and a lot of this stuff started to feel a little desperate. Uh-huh. And then, like later on, you know, after you got married, then you you found some source of your anger, which is that things didn't work out for you. Yet you're in a, you're, you're in a pretty good life, but it was not the life you wanted. You know, you're like a house husband. Um, you know, a da- daddy, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Mr. Mommy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, and that became your sort of point of view, but it was honest. And you genuinely seemed really almost too furious about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and then one of the last few times I saw you was like, is that really a sympathetic angle? I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder how people are responding to this. Like this guy's doing all right. But like he's just—it's like my wife, oy, my kids, mm-hmm. you know. Like what? But underneath it all, I think what I saw and what became sort of like 
not a judgmental thing in terms of like, not that I don't like you, but your desperation became so intense, it was difficult to be around. Is that possible? Well, I don't know if you were around me at all to be around. No, I just saw you at shows. Right. That was the, that was the visceral You feeling. mean like actually hanging out? No. I don't know you for that. But why would you say that I was t- too desperate to be around? What does that mean? Like I would get uncomfortable with, <laughs> in the short periods of time that I would be with you. So, oh, so when I would, when I would be on stage, yeah. you were uncomfortable. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, listen, I, I don't sell myself as a stand-up you know, no, I, not, I go up there to work out I'm not, material. I'm not, no, I know, but I'm just like, are were any of those feelings real, or is that just an act? I mean, did you feel no, I'm, at the I'm end fucking, of your rope? I'm I'm a terror. Okay. I, I'm an absolute terror. Okay, you know, I'm a fucking living nightmare. You are. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt, Mark. You know, I mean. Okay, so I so so it wasn't unwarranted. I know you're you're here as you know we're we're talking and you feel better about things and you. But like, I'm just telling you that like my. In the same way that I may have bullied when I was younger, my my reaction to you is is just slightly self protective, but I don't really know how to do that because yeah. I, I I'm not good with boundaries. So like my sort of posturing with you has been to protect myself because I'm very sensitive, and you get and you, you know, and that's why I'm, I'm okay at this job uh, from whatever like fury that was like you were trying to manage. Like my fury would come on you. Oh, don't you? you uh, yeah, I'm very sensitive. No, why would my fury ever come your way? No, no, no. I don't think you would direct it yeah. at me, but just the vibe of it. You just didn't want to be, be around the vibe of it. Yeah. Well, I just like, I thought like this guy's about to pop. Uh-huh. And I wasn't afraid of that because I don't mind popping. But it was, yeah. more of, it was more some sort of twisted concern. Like you, I, I knew you were frustrated for a lot of reasons. Right. And I, I know just the fact that you know, you say like, well, I don't, I don't try to be a stand-up. Well, I think that you, you are a stand-up, and you do try to. I be tried, a but I'm done now. I mean, I, I'm done. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I don't like going into a room and having to please a bunch of strangers. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. So you don't do stage work anymore? No, I'm done. Really? I fucking hate it. When did this happen? Last year. Really? I'm fucking done. I hate it. I hate. I hate it. I hate uh, just waiting to go on. Uh-huh. I hate the sort of the mentality that comics only talk about like this bananas. I hate the idea of going to bananas. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound good to me. Mm-hmm. I hate the idea of being on the road. I do I do like the idea of like going up there and getting some material, but I don't and and doing well with it. That excites me, but it doesn't excite me to like go back the next night and have it not do as well. Right, the job. Yeah, the job. It's right. too hard. But I get a lot. Of, I got a lot out of it. I mean, I got like all my, all my jokes that are in the movie. I got that from stand up. Uh-huh. You know, those are stand up jokes, right? Or stuff that I can figure out that works. Uh-huh. I got that out of it. And maybe I'll go back to it. But I'm not focused on that now. I'm trying to, I'm making another movie. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back. So okay. So you come from. Do you, you understand grow- that at all? Yeah, I do. Because I know you're a fucking. You've been doing stand up for a long time. I understand it exactly. Like I like. I want to live life. Like here, I was out. I was in uh, at Stand Up New York mm-hmm. uh, last week. Oh, you're in New York. Yeah, I saw Rich Voss just on the street, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of his and Bonnie. And, yeah. And I walked up and I was like, "Hey, man!" I've been calling into their show, and uh-huh. I tell them. And then he like proceeded to talk to Craig Gas about the Bob and Tom show the entire fucking time. Uh-huh. And I wanted to like connect. Yeah, I wanted to talk to him about like, what are you doing on the weekends? Or how's your kids? Yeah, or yeah. how many kids you got? And he just sat there and he bitched about, and I called on, this is no secret, I called on the radio show and I called him out. And uh, I mean, I told him, you know, I, I was angry about it. Yeah. 
And it's just like, I don't like that. I, I want to have a life. I want I want to, you know. Yeah. And I don't like going up and couching things. This goes to, this speaks to what you're saying. I don't like couching things for the audience to like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like, I don't like when I watch a stand-up go, you know what I want? I want a big fat woman. No, you don't. You don't want a big fat woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's See, a, it's a, that's a lie. And or, so or it's a joke. Uh, it's untruthful though. It's a, it might be a joke. It might no, not. it's not. You've seen that. Oh, I don't. I don't hear it like that. Maybe it is. Yeah, a lot of times people tell jokes. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't see not, the joke there. I guess I'm humorless in that department. Well, no. I mean, well, what's the rest of it? It's like I'm just more. I'm just no. More I mean, off. like I want a big fat woman. I don't remember. I mean, I'm making. I'm so you're I'm, you're out at the setup. You're yeah. like now nah, he doesn't want a big fat woman. No, he doesn't. I'm not even gonna I listen to the joke. I don't believe it. I'm yeah. not gonna listen to the I'm joke. I'm just I just I just like things that are more real, more like that's why I like the show. Which show? Your show. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I do that type of stand up, you know, and uh, you know, but sometimes you you um, you know uh, exaggerate as a device or uh, embellish. Yeah, you might embellish. Uh, like for instance, let's just take the premise of like I want a big fat woman. Yeah, maybe that guy a couple of weeks ago was on the road. He was lo- lonely, and he had sex with a big fat woman. And he's like, maybe he didn't prefer to do it, but uh, but it happened, and it, it might have been really fun. So the rest of that joke could have been based on the experience he had with what was fun about that. So it may not be a general truth. Like it might not be his life's end to want a big fat woman. Right. But you know, we've all had that experience. And there, there's something not there's something good about it. <laughs> you may you may not want it, but you sometimes you're surprised at. Uh, uh, I the point I'm making is I understand your your anger yeah, and your frustration you with stand up, mm-hmm. and um, and I understand that you you seem to be a little in between uh, in terms of like you're angry about uh, stand up and you don't do it anymore, but now you almost seem like angry that you know that y- you got to live life. You want to live life. How are you going to do it? No, no. I don't think so at all. I just said I don't like doing stand-up. No, and then you said, it's like, it's not life. I want to live life. I don't want to sit and talk to Rich Voss about the Bob and Tom show, about his work problems. Yeah. I might want to live life. I want to connect about kids. I, I can't, I don't have time for this guy I've known for years who had some work issue on a radio show. Cause that's no, I life. haven't known him for years. That's the thing. Oh. I've never met him before. I know him as a fan well that sounds seems a little judgmental i mean you know that guy's a, <laughs> a, you're so full of shit it's a work you're problem. so full of shit you're just coming at me you're just being adversarial you're so full of shit you know exactly what i mean i'm defending stand-up you know exactly what i mean you yeah, know you, you know exactly a, what i mean you wanted to connect he didn't have the, the show time. he didn't have the time or mm-hmm. he was in a different place and your needs weren't no met. he you wasn't got... in a different place he he was just fucking going on and on about the same thing with greg gas his friend yeah and you a guy he kind of knows yeah needs to connect about his kids no i just would love to fucking talk to him about something you know and he was in the middle of a conversation rich voss isn't the problem here the problem is just i'm just saying in general i don't love you know a lot of the same that that life because yeah. you don't live it. That's Got it. it. That's it. So what? Now so that was hard. That when was... when you were working at SNL, but everything is angry. I'm not. You know, I am angry, but I'm not angry about Rich Voss. I mean, I'm not. I know. I'm not angry about not doing stand up. You asked me a question. You are angry about quitting stand up. I I wish there is such a part of me that wishes I could do it. Yeah, but I can't do both. I can't. I'm not. I'm not that good. I, I work very slow. 
and I, I have like my brain's all fucked up, so I. Why is your brain fucked up? I think I did too many drugs. Did you? Yeah. But was it fucked up before? I was never like that, a great multitasker or any, oh, right. anyone that oh, was so prolific. Like ADD thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm on like uh, some medication now. That's good, but really, which one? It's called um, lamotrigine. Yeah, yeah. It's like like lamictal. It's a mood stabilizer. It's really good. It is. Oh yeah, it's so. Good. Why would you prescribe it? Were you having depression? Yeah, like last year I had a total breakdown. Like I was going to bed at like seven o'clock at night. I would have headaches at night. I couldn't. I couldn't function at night. If someone would talk to me, I'd just be like, like I would go out in the day and do my creative stuff, do vines or whatever, and have the best time and get so high on the creativity. Mm-hmm. And then I would just crash. I think I had like no adrenal blockage mm-hmm. in my brain. So then they gave me this thing and it's, I was high for like a, I was high for like a month. Uh-huh. And the minute I took it, they said it would take two weeks. It took five minutes. I was at a bowling alley party with my son and uh, everything just, just like went, just as a wash, like all the bowling ball. It was really something. It was good. That was and so relief. good. Yeah. And there was a weird thing. I don't know if I should look this up, but in my nostrils, there was like a cold, euphoric thing in my nostrils. And so every time I would breathe in, it would be like breathing in like fucking, right. fucking ecstasy gas. Uh-huh. And then that went away. So what else was going on in your life at that time though? A year ago. I was trying to get the movie out and the movie was done for like a year. And... Are you married still or you're not? Yeah, I'm married. You're still married? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember you that. said to me once after I did stand up, you're like, you better fucking... You're going to get divorced. You better clean that act up or you're going to get divorced. Uh-huh. You're just looking at the time, waiting for this to be over. No, someone t- texted. Oh. Um, did I, so you remember a lot of what I said. So I said that. And yeah. I, what, in reaction to I mean, what? we've only had a few exchanges, but- I know, but they resonated. And then sometimes, I, you know, you listen to the show and you think you know the person. I said you that you're going to get divorced if you don't clean your act up? Something like, you know, if you keep doing that kind of material. Oh, was that, I bet you that was it. Was it that, that, dumb, that dumb party show? They used to be upstairs downtown. Oh yeah, I bombed there. I think it was there. Yeah, we so we were so viscerally angry about it, and some of that's in the movie. But let's go back. So you got a job what out of college at, at Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I was an intern like the last year. Adam Sandler and Farley were there, and then I got the job in that September with when Norm as I got a job as like Norm's assistant. Oh really? Yeah. And how did you? How'd you get in over there? You just applied, or you I had just a friend? Applied. Or, really? Yeah, I just went up and we took the internship program and like tried to do whatever they said at NBC and or at me. SNL. Oh, at SNL. Yeah. And at that time, you're you wanted to be me on and SNL. Alex Sulkin were interns, but you wanted to be on SNL. Yeah, I auditioned. You did? Yeah. Did me get, and Zach. Oh yeah, you jumped through all the hoops. Yeah. You and Galifian Noodles. Yep. I remember I was about to go on. I went on after Zach and he walked out and they, the talent executive chased him out. He, did, he had done so well. Oh, that's horrible. Marcy. Marcy Klein. Yeah. That's horrible to experience when you're waiting to go in. Yeah, waiting to go on. Yeah. So then I go on and I, I had a CD. Uh-huh. And I get up there and I go, hey, uh, I got a CD. Yeah. And they go, they just stare at me for like what seemed like five minutes. You needed it to do your bit, the preacher bit. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I think it was this this Jim Morrison bit I did. Oh, okay. And uh, they couldn't play your CD. Nope. 
So that kind of fucked you out of the gate then. Yeah, it hurt me. And then eventually a CD player made its way to the stage as as I was like... You're, you were making the noise of the CD? No, like in my brain, everything's right. slowing down and I'm just looking at Lorne and he has just expressionless... Because you know, you know they do that to try to fuck with you to see what kind what you can do and under this pressure. And oh, you were auditioning in the studio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first audition? Did you meet with Lorne? No. Oh, no. you just had that one audition? No, no, no. And, and it was weird because I was already... I had been the, the I was with the receptionist the year before, so you knew Lauren kinda, barely. Just walked by. He was always cool though. Yeah, but that was the end of the audition process. That was it, and I and I did okay. They they kept coming back, like you know, Ruthann kept going. It's you're in the mix. You're in the mix. You're in the mix. Ruthann Secunda. Yeah. Wow, we have been doing this a while. Are you still with her? No, I have no idea she what happened. Stop calling me back. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I am. But I haven't heard from her <laughs> in how many years? <laughs> Ten. So that so we're thinking we're looking at like what ninety six here ninety seven. Yeah. So and then you're like fuck it I'm gonna start doing alt comedy because mm-hmm. uh, at that time surf reality was around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the Luna was going still. There were all those outlets down there later pianos and it sort of it grew bigger. Like I'd left I left in two thousand and one. And you were still there. And so you kind of evolved with the alt scene in New York as it spread out to Rafifi's and everything else. 9-11, I was here. Oh, really? You were already I moved here? I was already here? here, yeah. Oh, so you you really- Living really, with my wife, my girlfriend, my, yeah. My, you're really a contemporary of mine in terms of the timeline of alt comedy anyways. So, okay, so you're doing these characters, you're doing the Jim Morrison, you're doing the Preacher, you're getting a little juice down there uh, at Luna and stuff. Um, you're making friends. Mm-hmm. with all the guys mm-hmm. and then you meet your wife mm-hmm. how'd you meet her doing a show for fox i had like two partners mike and matt we had like a sketch show matt um price yeah matt price who's mm-hmm. in the film who i worked with briefly on what on never on the american version of never mind the buzzcocks oh yeah i remember yeah we did like 12 sure. of those he was like the set panelist he was right like, and you were the host right and yeah. that was like 2000 or something yeah, you're good at that I wasn't, didn't go. I was not good at it. Not, I, I watched the show. Did you? I thought you were good. I think, I, you're, I think you're good at everything you do. You're a good actor. Yeah. I remember seeing a little piece you did on, um, like right before the internet was big, you did like a little internet piece, like an Andy Rooney. Yeah. That was real good. Yeah, I did a lot of that. Memorized, kind of but you were like standing over a, uh, like a mountain. You were standing on a mountain. Oh, was I? Doing like a three minute piece that was memorized. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. But it was one shot. Right. It wasn't like cuts. Was that the possum piece? Because you know now they cut everything up. It's like, here's the thing about bananas. Bing, bang, boom, bing. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you no. weren't doing it that way. Yeah, I did some stuff. But yeah, the price was good. I, I was okay with the hosting, but I was a little too uh, angry. I was in the middle of a divorce at that time, and also I needed money badly, and that's why I did it. And also I didn't quite understand the game. It's a lot to think about. Does your recognition of my anger come from your anger? Yeah, of course. Oh, I see. That's why you pick up on it more than everybody. That's why you're going to protect yourself. Because I don't think everybody's like, I got to get away from that guy. No, I mean, that's exactly it. It's a yeah. sensitivity. It's not like, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I know that. What are you angry about? I'm just like, it's something that's. I'll tell you. But no, it's, it's a I'll little. I'll tell you what I'm angry about. Mine's a, a little intangible in the sense that I think it comes from a, a, a very young place. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's the way I'm. It's the pattern I've I've chosen to exist. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think anger in a weird way is just a faulty pattern of of taking care of yourself somehow, and uh, it's hard to shake because it's it's sort of deep. 
And, you know, it has to do with expectation uh, for me of something that probably is is not going to come in the way that I need it to come. It's a it's a very young thing. Mm-hmm. And it sort of defines you. And you're, you're ditching it now, you think? Have you ditched it well, more, I mean, I, more I, so? No, I mean, I've done some stuff in terms of like, I think that, you know, having some success does help in mm-hmm. terms of self-esteem, especially if it's on your own terms. And I think also like being sober for 15 years, it's had some effect. But just recently, I'm starting to look into you know, even deeper core issues of really what the source of it is and, you know, figuring out some practical way to to move through it. Your mother and father, is that one of the reasons? Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just emotional n- negligence. So what what were they? Were they around for you? Yeah, they, they were, were. They were around, but they were incredibly self-involved. Oh, right, 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 right. okay. Were they into like therapy and were they like a Not really. sort of advanced people no, for no, the time? No, no, they were or? just, no. They were just sort of like, they had their own insecurities and they were both kind of selfish in their own way and i don't think that the emotional nurturing that is required for a child was that forthcoming though they did play as if they were doing it but mm-hmm. emotionally you kind of register that so if you sort of go through life you know craving that nurturing you know from the outside world it's not going to come especially if you have made the assumption that because you didn't get it you're kind of a fucked up person then you have a, a bit of a beef did you get it? Did you get that from girlfriends or your wife? No one can give it to you. You don't believe that. You don't believe that you can get that from your. You can't get it from the outside. No. Mm-mm. So you think you're that fucked up? I don't know if it's fucked up. It's just it is what it is, and you've got to figure out how to kind of grow yourself up inside. Because that's really what I've been doing. I've been trying to just grow. I get along great with my wife now. Mm-hmm. You know, but I my father was like pretty violent and like not around and sort of a very macho like Boston guy. What did he do? He did all kinds of fucked up shit. Really? Well, first he had like a business that was amazing. Yeah. Furniture business. Mm -hmm. And then his partner got shot, got murdered in the middle of the night. They Mm -hmm. had borrowed money from the mob. Wow. And, uh, and that just fucked him up for the rest of his life. How could it not? Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he couldn't get back to where he was. No one would hire him. But he also like wouldn't take a job at a gas station. Right. Because he was thought he was too good for it, which he was. And uh, so we just starved and fucking were, you know, we kicked out of apartments and- Really? Yeah. And so um, homeless and not homeless, but like we go live at my grandmother's. Right. Shit like that. Yeah. And then my mother, she really stepped up. She got a job. She became a makeup lady at like Bloomingdale's Uh and Chestnut Hill. Oh yeah. Route nine. uh, Yeah. So we would sort of- you know, I'd go and sit in the makeup counter and wait for her. That was some of my childhood. But they, it made me very... And the other thing is... My, she my, left him, though? They just split. He just was like... He was just... One Christmas, he was just gone. Really? And she was fucking really distraught. How old were you? Like eight. Mm. You know, Heavy, and he, man. And he was he was so masculine. Yeah. I mean, if you met him, you'd be like, this is the fucking best guy I ever met. Right. A character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks like... Um, he looks like De Niro a little bit, but uh-huh. he's 6'3". Uh-huh. And, uh, and he was so macho. And I wasn't. I was so fucking, what's the word I can use? Um, effeminate? Effeminate. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not gay, but I, you know, he wanted me to play football when I was like five. I was like, fuck that. He's trying to beat the sensitivity out of you. Yeah. Different kind of guy. Yeah. And I just wasn't that guy. I mean, I remember being very like, you know, adult at a young age, like controlling his anger. You were. Yeah. Monitoring, you know, trying to temper it. Like, hey, hey, Dad, how are you? Yeah, I dealt with some of that, yeah. Yeah. Emotionally erratic father. Oh, yeah. Like, you spill your milk. 
and yeah, then that's you just it. Don't know what's gonna rip happen. your pants. So you're, you're, gone. You're walking around. And you don't know what the hell is going to come at you. Yeah. So you're always kind of like, right. oh, yeah. fuck. Like, all right, let's just get through this. Right. Let's make him happy so I don't get hit. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, and not to say he wasn't a loving guy, but he could be loving. And then he apologized for all that, like one one the summer rage. in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, he did. Yeah. So you probably my in... best moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it on a boat? No. He's like, let's go get a beer. And I was like, oh, I don't really drink, but I'll go with you. Yeah. You know, again, not manly How old enough. Were you? Not a man. Fucking 39. Right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he just said, uh, you know, uh, I'm so sorry for, you know, all the all the stuff I I fucked. And he couldn't even finish the sentence, you know, because it was so much. He said, I, uh, I fucked up. You know, I fucked up. And I said, uh, it's okay. You know, it made me who I am today. It's where it's the place from where I write from. It's the place from where I get uh-huh. get me from. Yeah. And that was it. But it was good. It was good to hear him say that. It was satisfying? Yeah, it made me realize that like when I yell at my kids or something or if I'm an asshole, you just go say you're sorry right away. I'm so sorry. You yeah, know, and you, that, that goes so far. I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, but you hope that that doesn't become a pattern. You mm-hmm. know, it, at some point you'd like to sort of like, I'm not going to yell and... Don't tell me how to be a father, Mark. You have no idea. I'm just saying in general. You gonna have kids? No. Why not? I missed the boat, dude. No, you didn't. Kind of did. Not at all. It's okay. Are you, are you sad about that? No. Yeah. No, I almost had a kid. I was thinking about it. But to me, it's like I'm a very anxiety-ridden person. And uh, and I'm, I'm relatively... Yeah, it frightens me. My brother has three kids. But like I... I I'm. You know, I've not gotten my anxiety and panic and volatility in a place where I would feel. I never felt like I never really thought about having them. That's yeah, that but, should tell you something. But when you have them, that'll all be forced out of you. Okay. I think I, right. because you can't. You just can't spend that much time on yourself anymore. You're like, all right, let's just go. Yeah, you have to take care of. Yeah, it's like yeah. if I threw you in the army or someone threw you in Afghanistan, you'd be like. Okay, let's yeah, do it. But like, if I can avoid avoid being thrown into Afghanistan, <laughs> you know, why not choose that? Yeah, I think it would. You know, it's I don't know. I mean, maybe it's I maybe I shouldn't say this. I wouldn't say this to anyone else but you. Go ahead. But I I would never tell someone to have kids, right? Because it's really hard and it's yeah. not for everybody. But I think for you, it would be really good for you. Yeah, I thought that because too. you know, you get great material, obviously, and it would just change your the scope of you and maybe take I think that's true take off some of the selfishness selfishness that's one word anxiety yeah self-hatred yeah that's limiting it's a little less you don't have any self-hatred anymore no no I do but uh, but, uh, you know I I, again I'm sort of getting where it comes from a little more self-hatred's a weird thing because you know after a certain point you're like why am I even doing that yeah it doesn't fit Colin Quid said that once. He was like, you know, you know when you're depressed and you, you just like depressed and then you realize oh, no one fucking cares and, you know, <laughs> you know, he's like, and then you stop. You know. It's so funny because your points of reference, you know, coming from the alt comedy community are, are big, you know, mainstream, you know, real comics. I've just been listening to like Satellite recently and I don't, oh, yeah. I don't go to comedy clubs anymore. Yeah. So those are my references right now. No, you, it, like, you change, like comedy. You know? I do. I like all kinds of comedy. Yeah. yeah I'm a comedy fan. And you're a comedy performer. I am. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe not to your level. I, maybe I, not to your liking. I didn't say any of those things. I did not say any of those things. Oh, I see. I don't know why you're assuming that. 
I, I told you why I was uncomfortable with your performing style, and you explained to me early on you knew what was going on with the preacher character, but I did not say any of it. <laughs> it seems to me that the voice you have in your head is uh, horribly critical. Yeah, pretty, yeah. So you, so your dad's still around, though? Yeah. And your mom? Yeah, my mom's a saint. She's fucking best. Yeah? Yeah. Both Jewish? He's, she's Jewish. He's Christian. Uh-huh. But he converted. Did he? Yeah, and then went back to the church. I guess you had to convert back then. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't. Why would you? Ha- why would it happen? Well, that's what they told me. That that he had to convert. Yeah, it was sort of like well, maybe that maybe her parents made. And my mom's dad was Italian. He converted. Interesting. So like, yeah. But everything sort of leveled off. But it, but like the fundamental struggle that you have with your father over your masculinity and over his anger yeah. and all that stuff. That's sort of defining. Yeah, and so then, and you're also the this sort of weird preemptive defensiveness. I think that's also something we share as well. Is that when you have a father that's volatile, you're constantly ready to you know to either be diplomatic to absorb it or to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Fight or flight. Did you like where the, where did you ever have those kind of fights where it was like shit flying around, got to get out of the house, shit? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the other thing that I realized in therapy was like, I don't think people want to hear what I have to say because I would talk to my dad and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, I had a tryout with the Patriots once. Yeah. You know, and you'd be like, oh, I was trying to tell you something, but I guess it doesn't fucking matter. It's heartbreaking, dude. Because you said the exact same thing about stand-up. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I feel like people want to hear what I have to say. Good. You know, when I when I'm being honest mm-hmm. and really talking about what it is. But just for I'm you to through. even own that space is hard. Yeah. Like that, and, and like I think that's another thing I felt, that they were, you're approaching the sort of, the 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 stage with sort of like you know you got better listen to me you know I, right. I gotta, you, you know like you're right. you're assuming that any second they're either going to yell or split yeah or start thinking about themselves yeah that energy yeah gotta hold them yeah and then I sort of to speak it's to exhausting. what you said to speak to what you said before then when I became an adult and I wasn't working I was yeah. like oh fuck my father. I'm fucking so that's the curse because like that was like I had this moment I had this moment I was he was out visiting me in LA I said I got this thing I got this thing that might might happen you know you know, all these things yeah. it's a show it's a show yeah. and he goes oh I, I got a thing I got a, oh, a yeah, piece of property yeah, in yeah, Rhode yeah. Island and I said Nothing. oh god I'm fucking yeah I'm the guy talking about it yeah and, but the but the sadder part of that is and I have it with my father as well is that they hear you and then they just immediately shift over to them to sort of compete or one up or validate themselves. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Where all you really wanted him was to say congratulations. Yeah. That's horrible, buddy. And then you have the other side of my mother who just will believe anything you say. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen for you. Yeah. I just know it. And it's like going on like twenty years. You're the best. Uh, you're gonna do it. So you can't even you begin not to believe that. Yeah, you feel bad like you're lying, like you're a fucking crack like you're a crack addict. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on crack anymore. Uh, or or worse, that you know, that it's just not true. Right. Oh, what you're saying is uh it's some more garbage. Yeah, I mean I think there's pipe like, dreams. There's a line in the movie which I go, Oh, you you know, you know, something like you end up, you're afraid you'll end up being one of these people that just talks right. about doing things. There's nothing worse than a someone who talks about doing something and then you realize that, oh, fuck, that's me. Yeah. It's all very sad, Jason. Well, you know, I'm not looking for sympathy. 
I am. I'm here. I'm happy with my medication. I'm not. I'm not giving you sympathy. I'm just acknowledging. Yeah. That like. Well, I'm know, letting the audience know that I'm not. You not know. Yeah, but no one's assuming that. I, the the um because no because I identify with it, especially that the the this self absorbed, uh, emotionally erratic father thing is it's just it's horrible. It's just it's like it's just a lifetime of, of of unreceived, and unreciprocated love, and you know, and, and constant vigilance against. You know, an emotional attack. Whew. Heavy, right? Yeah. And then when I got married, I was like, oh, I'm, you, you're just living with that. You're like, oh, I'm a man. So you have like your dad saying you're a man and there's yeah. all these uh, standards. So I'm living to these standards, which no one else is. It's a modern world now. Right. But a man does this, a man does that, right. you know. Yeah. And I still have those in my head. Well, yeah, and also you just you also have the the sort of role model as well, you know that you know that your dad was a floundering dude. Yeah. So, but you but the, that's an interesting and difficult situation you got yourself into in that you know you married a woman in show business mm-hmm. who was successful in show business. Yeah, she's doing good as an executive, mm-hmm. and um, you know made a living, mm-hmm. and you were a guy struggling to make it in show business. Yep. And but you, I think, because of that, became a great father, and probably have a relationship with your children that's enviable to most men. It's good. I try hard. Yeah, but you were there all the time. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, which is nice. Like when I hear about a comic who's gone Friday to Wednesday, I think I don't. I could, how could you do that? You leave your kids. That's yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Or or and then also with my wife, like being so close to success, but not there. No, I did and every day. You you wake Correct. up uh you wake up with it. Yeah. She's going to work, working on shows. Oh yeah. Maybe with people you know. For sure. Or and, the or the casting comes in, she goes, Well, we're thinking about Mark Marin, Matt Price, Mike Blyden, and you're like Andy I'm Daly, right here. John Ross Bowie. Yeah. But do you ever think that it was against her emotional self interest to cast you? Yeah, she didn't want to mix. I don't know what you just asked, but I'll I try mean to that answer like, it. Well, I'll tell you what I just I asked. I didn't understand if, it. Okay, I'll yes, explain yes, it yes, to yes, you. Sorry. That her emotional self-interest is like, you know, someone's got to work and I'm the one working and, you know, and the, it's good for the kids to have a parent around as much as possible. Oh, 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 um, no, I don't think she's that devious. I mean, I think I just, she just doesn't like to, you'd have to meet my wife. You'd really like her. She's just. What's, I know her. Yeah, you'd really Marty, like her. right? Marnie. Marnie yeah, Montgomery, yeah. was she? Um, No. What was her last uh, name? Hawkman. Marnie Hawkman. Yeah, you'd I'm really, thinking of Marty. You'd Hawkman. really like her because she. I think I have. She her. she likes you. She always liked your comedy. And, yeah, I like. I mean, you guys are before. both Jewish, and but anyway, she's she's just someone who's like very reserved, very on point, knows exactly what needs to be done and how to do it. The and opposite, I'm not the, the opposite. <laughs> of you. Yeah, I'm all over the place. All right. Well, so what I'm hearing. Is that, you know, your frustrations grew to a point with performing and with, uh, you know, just your lot in life and, you know, these, you know, these, these dynamics with your father and all this other stuff. And eventually you just, you were like, fuck it, I'm going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. This, mm-hmm. the, I'm done with this shit. 20 years in and this stuff is exhausting. It's not really yielding anything. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I've got a lot of friends. I've got talent. I'm going to write a movie about myself, basically. Yep. And um, having you know, being a divorced fellow, twice, yeah, uh, I was uh, interested and concerned 
mm-hmm. like to the point where I'm like, he, he, I hope he didn't get divorced because I think that would be a disaster. Um, but there's a lot of great people in it. Keckner's always good. Um, T.J. Miller, who I like as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean you don't like him as a person? I don't know him. We, it's, he's great. Yeah, he's uh, he's super great. nice. He's a very funny actor. What did he turn you down to do the show? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It's uh, it's just always a little odd with us. But I think he's a very talented guy. Um, Matt Price is there. Yeah. Uh, people, I've, the Richters are in it. Sarah yeah. and Andy. Yeah. Rachel Harris. Yeah. She's got a little partner. Schwartzen. Schwartzen. That was a good scene. Yeah. Like they're like I and what's your buddy's name? The guy who Blyden. Yeah, Blyden's in great. it. He's great. Yeah, everybody's in it. all the. All... It sounds like you really liked it. No, I liked it. <laughs> My problem is fundamentally, it's not even a problem. I have a particular reaction to you. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I think you, I think, I think. But I, it's not a bad reaction. I, think what we shouldn't, I don't think we should talk ever again. No, what we've established here is that we have more in common than, than we would have known before. Yes, but and, I don't feel like there's any bridge built. Wait, what? Wait, what do you, what do you, what do you, you want a bridge? Yeah. We're having a conversation. And and even 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 now I'm fucking wide open. You're resistant. Now I can't believe that just because of the way this conversation started, yeah, that you know you you would still take this position and say to me, "There's no bridge built." I'm wide open now. I'm not. I'm not. You are. Yeah. Okay. And but you're. You know what? What happened? Nothing. I'm 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 happy to be here and I'm 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 really actually liking the episode. I feel like it's very honest and it actually feels good to sit across from you and get the real deal. Yeah. Holy field. Uh-huh. You know? It feels good. It's like it's like I'm going to walk out of here and yeah, be be better. Look, you asked me to be honest and and I'm glad I want to hear it. Uh, I'm I'm just telling you that the leap from selfish to you know the guy who could potentially be a good husband was a little, little bit of a jump for me, and that's it. Why Why is that a jump? Because like I want to take care of my wife. That's all I want. I know, but there are scenes in the movie where she comes out and she goes, "You're doing a contest," and the the beat is, you know, what 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 kind of money do you get? Yeah, it's yeah. like a tote bag. Yeah, it's like a tote so, bag. So so like on it's on a great line. It is a great line. It's a great joke, but 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 in, in in there is an element of it all that is obscuring the idea that all I want to do is support my wife and kids. But you also want to be big in show business. You're trying to be. Funny. I want to do. To- I want to do it that way because otherwise I'm I'd be I'm miserable. So I'm I wanted to take it, and I don't think you can. I don't think you're. I don't think you're understanding what it's like to. Have to support a family. That and also to be underneath someone that you look. I met my wife and I didn't really want to get married, but she was so great that I was like, "I, uh, she's fucking great." And I know I made the right decision because I'm still with her today, and we're going out tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. And so, you know, I say that in the movie. I could, I can't get a job at a bank. No, I get. It. I'm fucking forty years old. But the idea here's here's the then the issue is mm-hmm. I mean, again don't and I, don't, I love this by the way okay I do is that it's very set that clearly in the movie she's got money she wants to that's not true at all I mean you know the you know the television business it's fucking awful I'm just talking about the reality of the movie when a woman right. sits down and says we're going to redo the kitchen 
Right. She's not going to do that if there's no money there. And the fact that, you know, you are married and you get a $30,000 IRS debt yeah. that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's sort of an issue. So the dynamic isn't like what you grew up with. It's not like I got to provide for my family because, you know, we're all eating uh, cereal all day because that's all mm-hmm. we can afford. The idea is more of an ego thing in the sense that like. No, it's a $30,000 debt. No, I know. That I, you know, yeah. really have. Okay. So that's that. I but, think no, but, that's something. No, but I'm saying that what's established in the film is that she's the breadwinner. Yeah. And it's not an uncomfortable situation. No, it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for you personally, but there's money and there. No, she's sitting down building a dream book. She's not remodeling the kitchen. She's looking at things. She's working. She has an office. I'm just saying that the world you created is a lot like the world you live in. Yeah. That it it, it it doesn't reek of like, you know, if you don't get a job, we're, we're going to have to leave this house. Right. So, I, I, I mean, that's not in the movie, but I. But I'm just saying that yeah, this, yeah. the idea that you're presenting me, which is like, all I want to do is do it so I can support my wife and kids. They were being supported on some level. You know, you want to do it to validate yourself as a man on a lot of levels. Right. Creatively, uh, you know, professionally. Right. Uh, in the eyes of what you think your expectations are. It's, it's just multidimensional. Mm-hmm. And and what, what I said for me is that that just becomes, it's not even a matter of confusing because it clearly, you know, this is what the character is. And yep. that's part of the movie yep. is that you don't really, you know, ultimately you don't know w- what you want. You want to be happy. You don't want these possessions and these other things to make a difference, but you know that if you could just get them, it would make life at least easier for your wife. But you even fight that, and that. But he doesn't want. I don't want possessions at all. I mean, there's clearly in the movie she's asking me about things, and I say, "What? Why are we going after these things? They're not going to make us any happier." Right, but 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 they might make her happier. And that's why I need a job. And that's that's the whole crux of the movie, that right. he's trying and failing and trying and failing. Yeah, but it seems like you're on two different pages, really. Me and the wife? Yeah. But that's the way I marriage, think, but that's I sometimes think you're, marriage is like that. I really wasn't trying to attack your movie. I, no, I, no, no. I, I know. I, I love this. You're, you're the only person that has gotten into it with me. Uh-huh. So I like it. I really do. And also the fact that you haven't been divorced. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this, I didn't want to be divorced. I don't want to be divorced. I don't want to. No, I know. Have but, but, split time with my kids. Yeah, but just you know. The, but the 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 nuts and bolts emotions of really being thrown out of your house, mm-hmm. having you know, or having been left. For that, you, you're talking about you, sure. Yeah, I, I've been through that. You've one. been left before. Yeah, I have too. It's devastating. Oh, I I know, I know. I was. I had a girlfriend once. One of my friends thought I was funny. She never laughed at one thing. And I remember I said to her on the last day, I said, you you don't think I'm funny at all. You've never, and that was it. You live in Studio City. Do you ever see my ex? Nishna? Yeah. No. No, Weird, she right? lives there? I think she lives somewhere. Uh, I always liked her. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Um, you were married? Yeah, I was, I was bad. I was just a, hard to deal with. And You were just a dick? Yeah, kind of. And you were angry and caustic and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. She yeah. found a good dude. She's got some kids. She's good. doing all right, I think. I don't. We don't talk at all, but she's doing all right. Good. Do you want to go over to the other side and get kids? You don't. Just don't even want to. You're done. I don't. I just. I'm just. I call it the other side. Oh, I. I just don't see it happening. It's not. You know. I'm. I'm not like on principle. What happens when you meet a woman now? You do Tinder or anything like that? No. No. What happens when you go to a show and a 
I've gotten a little you meet a woman or something. I've gotten or, a little cynical. Yeah, you know, I've been. I, I had a couple of relationships where I was almost going to get married again and have children, and and then that turned out to be not a good idea. Why'd you pull the plug? Um, I just didn't trust the situation. I didn't, you know, I because at my age and where I'm at, I need to know that someone's really fucking going to be there to do. You know what I mean? I can't take care be, of be, be there for what to take care of themselves and the kid and the kid because you're going to be gone doing the road. And... No, no. Oh, you mean so the the women that you were involved with you thought were maybe a little flighty and you couldn't count on them not to quite, hold up their end not quite flighty but i yeah but there was an element of, yeah. of not yeah the your end business mm-hmm. and not that you want to be taken care of or anything like that no. just 50 50 i don't think Even she can hold it up a little more than 50 i'm gonna need from her okay you yeah, you want a 70 30 yeah 60 40 might be fine. oh my gosh what nothing it's very bold of you to say I, i'm 50 dude what does that mean it means that when the kids you're in 10, good I'll shape, be, you're you're matter. nice and skinny. You got a nice matter. body on you. You yeah, got a nice head the, of hair. You're when handsome. The kids 10, your own TV show. Be Sixty. You know, it's it's just a practical thing. You know, and it's a very sad thing that that didn't work out. You know, I understand why the marriage didn't work out. Both you don't seem sad about it. Birth. Yeah. Well, well. Okay. 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 You're sad about the marriage, and you're sad about not having kids a little bit. No, I'm not sad about the marriage. I understand why that didn't work out. I mean, I'm sad about the relationship that I was in not working out for, in the way that it did. Are we talking about Moon right now? No, no, no. Okay, no. That, that was that only lasted a few months. That, you know, I'm, that, very, I'm good friends with her. Yeah, no, that... Um, the best, she's the best. No, she's a great person. Yeah. It just was not emotionally right for yep. me. Like uh, like it was one of those situations where I idealized it and really believed it, like yeah. how could this not work out? Yeah. But I didn't know her that way. And I just, uh, I couldn't I couldn't make the cut for what she needed emotionally. Yeah. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. When you idealize somebody, that's fucking really trippy. Well, it's just a matter of not knowing. Yeah. It's like my wife, she'll go, oh, I'm going to set up Dan with Rachel mm-hmm. and it's going to never work. You know, it's never. It's just hard. It's just I, not. You just can't do it. And sadly, I've gotten a little bit cynical, but I think that, you know, spending time working on my own shit is not a bad place to be. You know, I'm, I, I'm seeing somebody a bit and it's mm-hmm. not, I'm not shut off to it. But I'm I'm very scared, so mm-hmm. you know because I I have the same thing you do I you know I because when you come from parents that are emotionally demanding and volatile and selfish you want to be accommodating, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know you risk losing yourself a bit, and and the anger that comes from losing yourself, and also not being able to help the other person mm-hmm. no matter what you do is horrendous. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, you've got it coming from all sides, don't you? Inside, I have it coming yeah, from you can, all no, sides. Yeah, inside, you've got it coming from all sides. You yeah. are so... I, 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 can't, I can't tell I'm if... working on it, buddy. I can't tell if you're an unbelievable mess or if you've got a good hold on it. You've got a pretty good hold on it. Okay, good. And in one area, it's kind of messy. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, what do you want? That's all right. Yeah, That's right. right. I mean, you know, when you want it to be perfect, it's well, never going to be perfect. Well, I want what you want is that, like, you know, there's a lot of things going well, uh, but, you know, sometimes you don't exactly know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have just given up my my career and given up the idea of making films or doing stand-up and just... Because I, like, I feel like you've got a thing where... I feel like clearly what I'm going to take away from this, and it's good to hear, is that you never liked... The place I worked from in comedy. No, uh, no. The same thing with the characters, and the same, and and then there seemed to be a theme with the movie. Like, yeah, well, he's fine. He's got a, he's got a house and a wife who works. So why am I watching this? That's what I took away from what you said. 
Crazy. Okay. Yeah, I, I am. I'm on uh, 200 milligrams a day. Like we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about uh, the similarities we have emotionally and why I had a hard time with you ultimately beyond the preacher character was that your anger was too visceral for me. Yeah. And it, and I have a sensitivity to it and it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but I did realize it was honest. And, you know, when I said to you uh, that thing about your wife is, is that I knew that some of those feelings were genuine and that you didn't necessarily have a handle on them. And they were mixed with a, a certain amount of... Uh, fresh, some, fresh, some of the feelings were genuine? Well, you couldn't be operating at that level of anger if all those feelings were operating at that level of anger. You shouldn't have been married. So my reason, you know, for responding the way I did is like, I don't know if she knows what you're doing, but, but you know, that's, that's serious shit and you seem very unhappy. So that was why I said that. It was a sensitivity thing. It was not like I don't like his comedy. It wasn't reading to me mm-hmm. as comedy. And, 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 and you said yourself that, you know, worrying about whether the audience likes you or whether you can do something that they're going to, you know, laugh at or like, you know, became straining for you yeah. because you wanted to be honest. So there you were. You were, I was reading something honest and now you're telling me that, okay, so all those feelings were real and they were functioning at that level of intensity. And for me to say like, you know, I'd be careful, uh, somehow was an attack or a diminishment of your comedy, but it was just really me being sensitive as an angry person. Oh no, I, I, when you said that to me at the comedy club, I, I didn't, I wasn't offended. What I'm saying to you is that whatever yeah. you just framed you're going to leave with from this conversation mm-hmm. is your own shit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, telling you that you stink. So, like, you know, what I've said, I think we've had a fairly thorough conversation. I think we've had a good conversation. And I, I, I just, that's what I thought. And it's something that I certainly want to look at. But I think that we established if anything throughout this conversation was that the reason I have the reaction to you I have is because I sense what's going on deeper inside of you because I have it going on in myself then you might you know be accustomed to people sensing so that was my discomfort it was not you know outside of the preacher character I I did not diminish where you were coming from comedically because we come from a similar place or at least desire to come from a similar place Mm -hmm. yeah I guess I I guess I I hear all the stuff you're saying and it's like you're missing a a chromosome. It, uh, 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 you're mi- you're missing a um, a sensitivity chromosome a little bit, where I'm waiting. And again, it might be me. I'm waiting for I guess a bridge. I can't. I'm waiting for some sort of, and I don't feel it. Mm. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. usually with ninety nine point nine percent of the people that I come and come across even if they're critical or even if they're bluntly honest with me there's a um the guard gets down and maybe it's because we're going back and forth but i don't like even when you say i'm not coming at you i still don't feel uh connected with you or that we have any kind of uh you know goodwill okay listen to me Listen, man. Yeah, I'm gonna listen. Uh, You know, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I fucked up. I fucked up. (laughs) Good talking to you. Good talking to you, Mark. That's it. That's our show. Thank you for listening. I thought it ended well. I know it was a tough one. It was it was a little intense. I know. I know. We're, we have an intense thing, me and that guy. 
As I said before, Jason Jason Nash is married. is available on iTunes and Amazon. Marin, uh, my TV show, second season is now available on Netflix. I just had chest pain. Just now I had a chest pain. It's it's ha- wow. Okay, how are you? All right, we good? But is this happening on the mic? Right. I don't know about this. I like that. All right, fuck it, man. Boomer lives!